My name is Elifema True, and this is Deprivation Discourse. Every episode, I sit down with young people and professionals, and we have a real open discussion about what it is to be a young person in poverty today. You can find out more info about the research project behind this podcast at deprivationdiscourse.com. My name is Elifema True. I'm a student at University of York and a lay law scholar. I'm an activist and an advocate, and I've worked with the EU, Parliament and the Commonwealth to address the issue of poverty in the UK. So you found yourself on this podcast today where I'm introducing the work I've been doing about deprivation in young people. The research is powered by the Lay Law Scholarship Foundation and is called Perpetuating Poverty Deprivation Discourse in the Northeast. Um, it's important to note that the research isn't specific to the Northeast and the project isn't specific to the Northeast. I started off really wanting to do research about poverty within the Northeast because that's where I'm from and I knew the background of it from the campaigning history I had there. Um, but like many things in this research project, things haven't always gone to plan. And that's fine. And, and I've ended up with this podcast and the research I've done so far. But at the heart of it, I always wanted to talk about poverty and the stigma around poverty and the ways that young people experience their lives very differently if they're from different backgrounds. So as I say, um, I have a long history in campaigning about poverty. I have a long history in campaigning about young people um, where I was part of a group um, that was supported by Children Northeast. Um, it was called Poverty Ends Now and I was in that when I was 15 and I was in it with a few other young people in the Northeast, but also a few other people who were working nationally. Um, and we got to go to Parliament and present a manifesto about what we wanted for young people in poverty, which consisted of all the things that I'll be talking about on this podcast, actually. So um, better school meals um, or universal free school meals, uh, better policies in schools for young people in poverty, such as um, free uniform or that kind of thing. Um, better transport, better safety in poorer areas. Going to Parliament was actually the reason why I wanted to do research into how we talk about poverty, because I found that lots of people wanted to do something or said they wanted to do something about poverty, um, because everybody knows that poverty is a bad thing. But when it comes to the reality of the lived situations that young people are in, it's actually a lot harder to talk about those issues because people don't find them to be as important, which is why it falls on charities to provide food for, for young people on the holiday when they don't get free school meals, why it comes down to churches and other religious organizations to provide things for young people that, that should just be given. So, yeah, as I say, um, it's really hard to face the ugly reality of poverty in the fifth wealthiest nation in in the world um, and that's what I'm trying to do with this research project by looking into the really nuanced ways that poverty affects people and affects young people. So the research that I did because as I say it was a research scholarship the research I did was online it was on a forum where mums talked about their um, issues and it was on threads about free school meals um, and uniforms uh, and basically I found that the ways that these mums would talk about their experiences in schools uh, with things like free school meals was very um, shame-inducing and stigmatizing. Uh, 
And it also perpetuated a culture of needing to justify why they were in this specific situation that they were in. So a lot of these women would detail really um, soul bearing pieces about how, you know, they were disabled or their, their husbands had been made redundant or whatever, when really 14 million people in the UK are in poverty. It, that doesn't come down to individual choices. It comes down to a structural problem, but people still felt they needed to justify individually while their children were on free school meals. The really important thing that I noted about this research when I coded all of it was that um, these mums were actually playing into a dominant discourse, which was that the way that they talked to each other even about their own choices was um, really prevalent of this idea that there's this other kind of poor, there's this undeserving poor. So these women, you know, they all had these exceptional circumstances of being in poverty or being on free school meals. Um, but there was this other kind of person who didn't deserve it. Uh, and I found that really interesting that these people who were facing really hard scenarios were still going after other people who were facing really hard scenarios, which I think is just, it's a part of the stigma that people in poverty have to face and a part of the reality of it of um, even going against each other. So when I did this research, I found that it was really important to combat this stigma. Um, a piece of work by Barry Knight, um, Rethinking Poverty, he details in it, which I thought was really fantastic when I read it, that there are so many solutions about poverty and so many people have came up with solutions, but nobody's trying to action those solutions and make things easier for people in poverty. So I wanted to do something that was tangible. I wanted to do something that, maybe not tangible, because I don't think podcasts are tangible. But uh, I wanted to do something that was that was real and that people could access and that all people could access, not just people who had access to academic papers, uh, which was this podcast. And I wanted young people to be at the heart of the podcast. I wanted them to be able to share their own experiences or their own perceptions of poverty in their local area. Um, and I wanted professionals to come on and talk about the important work that they're doing um, and talk about how we can all combat poverty just simply in the ways that we talk about poverty to each other on the internet in forums because the stigma around poverty is a massive part of poverty in the UK, um, which is something that the special report for the UN said when he did a report about poverty in the UK, he said, the problem is this underlying issue of how we think and how we deal with poverty within policy. So I chose to steer the research more around ending the stigma on poverty. That's why I intended to do the podcast um, so that young people could access services without shame. Um, many of these services feature on the podcast that people can know where it is they can access food banks, where it is they can access uh, free uniforms. Um, so not only is it talking about poverty to end the stigma about poverty, it's also highlighting really important institutions and really important charities and organizations that are trying to aid and and kind of connect links between these issues and getting the solutions to these issues. So, of course, as I've mentioned, the research project has taken many different forms and I had lots of ideas about it and those ideas get whittled down by the reality. Um, so, for example, 
as I've said, I really wanted young people to be at the center of this research project. So it's something that they can put their names to and they can say they've been a part of in the same way that I was a part of something really important when I was 15 about um, poverty. That's been quite difficult to do because um, of ethically trying to research young people and how difficult that is in an institution such as university. And then, of course, um, gatekeeping. So trying to access groups of young people is quite difficult as well. Um, So that's why I've ended up using young people as stakeholders instead of participants, because that's how they have more agency. It's how they have um, more claim of what's being created because they are very much co-creators of this project which is how I think young people should be utilized um, in projects such as these as co-creators and not just participants. If you want to know the full story about what's been happening with this research project all the different twists and turns that it's that it's taken which I've personally found quite interesting um, you can look on my research blog which is deprivationdiscourse.com and it has all different posts about what's been happening, ethical clearance, how to include young people in research, um, etc. Anyway, so I hope you listen to these podcasts. Um, I hope you enjoy what people are talking about on them. I hope that you feel liberated by people being able to talk really openly and frankly about poverty. And I hope that you're able to take the expertise that the professionals talk about, the young people talk about, um, into your everyday life. So whatever it is that you do, we all impact young people who are in poverty. And we all um, have a responsibility to do better for them, whether or not you work in schools, whether or not you work in local authorities, whether or not you work um, as an authority figure in the police, whether or not you work in a cafe, we all have a role to play in lessening the stigma for millions of young people so that they can have a brighter and better future. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the series.